BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. The Mets he has at 16. He projects them to win 80.5, 33.1% playoff probability, and a 0.5% title probability. Hmm. Now, I always have to really dance very gingerly around this because I will be labeled Yankee Boy for my my take, but I don't think the the Mets have anything to proud, be proud about the way they handled this offseason. You, you took the one thing with Steve Cohen that puts you above and beyond everybody else, your one great advantage, mm. and you didn't exercise it. You can't tell me that if you didn't, if you went out and got Blake Snell, Jordan Montgomery, and you signed J.D. Martinez to be your designated hitter, that you wouldn't be projected for 90 wins, 10 more wins. There's no way. You look at the starting rotation they have going into, into the season and what they've done offensively, which is nothing, they are derelict in their duty. This is a man who bought the team and said he was going to win a championship within five years. This is year four. They ain't winning a championship this year, and everybody keeps, well, there's a plan. Well, what's the plan? We're back. Final thoughts. You know, when Steve Cohen took over the club after the 2020 season, you know, one of the things that maybe we all thought was going to go away was the anti-Mets, which was a lot of anti-Wilpon rhetoric. Um, the constant manipulation of everything Mets to be the worst case scenario. I think one of the more toxic seasons of media coverage was the Mets beat during 2019, which culminated in Mickey Calloway coming to blows with a beat writer. Um, and I'm not going to rehash all that. And, and Mickey made a plenty of his own mistakes and clearly was inappropriate at times, as we learned in the years after. But, you know, they really, between Brody Van Wagen and Mickey Calloway, the media had their knives out for those two guys. It made it quite an unenjoyable experience watching that club when they struggled earlier in 2019 and then made a late run. 
And I think you're starting to see what's interesting is that for years, the media and the fans pine for somebody like David Stearns to take over the club and incorporate aspects of what has made smaller market clubs or quote-unquote smart clubs like Tampa, like the Brewers, like Houston, incorporate those principles into the Mets to make them a sustained winner. Basically like how Andrew Friedman, uh, when he came over from Tampa, has done with the Dodgers. And now they have that, and they have somebody that is applying that and clearly has an idea. I mean, Stearns came on with the booth today and talked about organizations like the Patriots and the Spurs and how from ownership on down, everybody was on the same page and worked together. Something that has been a, a long issue in Mets history, going all the way back to when they were uh, winning a championship in the 80s with Frank Cash and, and Davey Johnson. You know, he's talked about, you know, incorporating young players into the roster, not rushing development, you know, focusing on the minor league system. And ever since he came on board and he's been honest with the media and the fans, he's been uh, engaging. I don't find him to be phony or insincere. I think he's a great listen. Uh, he, you know, he talks GM speak, but he doesn't do it to a point where you're like, come on, speak English. What does that mean? I mean, you understand where he's coming from. From day one, because the Mets didn't go on a spending spree this winter, when the bar was set so high, and I think ever since that Correa contract was signed out of the in the middle of the night, quite literally, and the Mets flashed a financial might that maybe nobody's ever seen in the sport, a transformative financial might that the last time you saw was with Steinbrenner. And ever since that deal failed, and then the Mets season failed, Mets for clicks has become a thing. Because now it's it's a it's a thing. It was easy when it was the Wilpons, because it was like shooting fish in a barrel because of how they ran things, because they didn't have the money to run it like a big club, like a like a big market club. Because they had, you know, they were trying to get creative and they got a little goofy with their, you know, agent running the club. This was even more delicious for the media. This is the richest owner in the sport, bringing on the smartest guy in the sport. And from day one, they've had their guns loaded out to show that this guy is no good, no matter what he, his money's not going to change the fact that the Mets can never win because the Mets not winning is good business for the media because it, it generates a lot of agita. It generates a lot of angst and allows you to engage in clicks and calls and everything. And this guy that's smart, we're going to show him that he ain't so smart. He came from Milwaukee. We're going to bring him to his knees because that's what we like to do here in this town. We like to chop people down to show them they're not all that good. It's, it's actually quite insane. It's hurting your chances of being successful by beating on people to tell them, you know, you're not all that good to have them prove that they're good. It's like we put them through the cauldron to prove that they're as good as their height. And maybe there's a certain character building on that, but I think it's insane. And the thing about the media right now, and you heard a little bit this with Kay, and Kay is right. Kay is a Yankee voice. Everything Kay says is through a Yankee lens. And there's a number, and talk radio is mainly filled with it, but don't be surprised you had print media filled with it, of a lot of Yankees fans disguised as commentators, neutral commentators and pundits, like a Brandon Tierney, 
who are just basically talking like the Yankee fan at the bar. And to me, that's just not acceptable in the positions that they're in. I mean, I don't think Michael Kay should be allowed to comment on anything but the Yankees. He works for the Yankees. To have his own talk show and to be taken seriously on anything else, especially a guy who historically has connected everything to Yankee BS, no matter what the sport, it's almost laughable. What goes on at WFAN, whether it's a Mets fan or a Yankees fan, is all clickbait. That's all it is. Because in this day and age, whether it's politics, weather, sports, angst and agita is all these organizations know to generate interest. J.J. Reddick recently was on. J.J. Reddick is, uh, you know, worked the, the game last night, the Knicks Celtics game, works for ESPN. He said that, you know, you make a comment about a coach like he did about Doc Rivers, you get millions and millions of views. But if you try to educate the fan base about how the game is played, you get no views. So why would I do the right thing? The gossip is what generates the views. It's an indictment on society, but it goes back to because we haven't been patient to put out good educated products and because we're, I don't know what clicks really mean. I guess it means something to advertisers, but to me, good quality, consistent content, engaged content, like what Talking Mets is, where you guys come back every week over and over and over again and are loyal because I see the numbers you are. I think, and I know that because advertisers have reached out and have you've heard them on the show. There's a value to that. Sometimes there's not a value in cheap click numbers. Mets for clicks is going to be a thing. Mets for clicks is what they're going to go to at any point in time this year to agitate you. Even if the Mets have a good season, let's say they're in the wild card, but things get dicey in September. The minute they go on a losing streak, Mets for clicks will show. They'll tell you why Stearns isn't that smart, while this guy stinks. I mean, you got guys like Joe Benigno making fun of the Mets spring training lineup. Have you looked at the lineups around the league? The point of spring training is to play people. Everybody to see what you got. And guys are not going to play like it's the regular season. It's completely ignorant. The understanding of the sport, the understanding of how to build a team, the financial understanding of what they got. The Mets have the second highest payroll in baseball. Cohen's got 40-something million dollars of dead money, which he used to buy two prospects, Gilbert and Acuna. Nobody's talking about that. No other owner in the sport would do that. He should be applauded. He's cheap. How many owners would have swallowed Scherzer and Verlander to get prospects? What they would have done is traded those guys and asked the other team to eat money and say, keep your prospects. He didn't do that. He is not stopping Stearns from spending. Now, you and I could agree uh, or disagree that Montgomery's worth the money, the 110% tax. He doesn't feel that way. And maybe they know something we don't. Blake Snell, even guys like, uh, I think it was Jack Curry said today, how he's a five-inning pitcher. I mean, got Boris out there trying to convince people he's the next Randy Johnson. Randy Johnson exploded in his, his 30s. I just don't see that. He was he was the most, he was the, what, the uh, the third best pitcher or the second, you know, he was the least intimidating pitcher the Mets faced against San Diego in the series that they uh, they had against them a couple of years ago. So you got your Brandon Tierney, your Michael Cage, your WFANs. It hasn't really infiltrated into the print media yet because I think that guys who are covering the team feel like they, you know, they feel like they, they these guys know what they're they're doing. I'm sure that they're around the team. They understand the sport a little bit better. 
they're they're looking at the sport more on a micro level than this macro goofball, you know, guy at the bar level. They're understanding components of payroll and minor leagues because that's their job if they're a beat reporter. And the trolls that were on the beat from that 2019 season, they're gone. I mean, they're basically losing their jobs because their papers are going out of business because they're not providing any any value. I mean, right now in this town, you've got Healy at Newsday. You've got the MLB guy in Tacoma. You've got the New York Post guys. And that's it. I mean, Clappish is over at the record. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. That's it. I mean, there's nobody else. There's not a lot of people covering the team. So some of these like radio guys and ESPN guys and commentators and even our callers are like, you know, I, I I saw something where somebody called in. It was actually, and, and I think WFA now is trying to use social media to like put these little statements out to get people like agitated and engaged. It's to show them, hey, we're, we're here, guys. You know, you may not listen anymore, but we're here. But it just makes me, it validates why I don't listen. How some callers said this is the worst, you know, Mets rotation since Craig Swan. And, you know, obviously they didn't see this rotation during the pandemic season. Uh, even with Scherzer and Verlander, they were one of the worst rotations last April. I mean, look at the numbers last April. You know, that's with Senga and Scherzer and Verlander and all the guys that, you know, you didn't think were a terrible rotation. That was a bad rotation. Uh, you know, you could look at any, you know, myriad of Mets rotations from like 2004 or 2003. Uh, you know, I could go on and on and on here at this point. I mean, to say this, this actually rotation has some question marks with Manaya and Severino with Kodai Sengout, but it's not the worst rotation in Mets history. And I have a feeling it'll be passable, it'll be serviceable. I don't think it'll be that bad. You know, I don't think these guys are going to miss so bad. I think they've done a lot of work looking under the hood for who they brought in uh, on a reasonable contract where I, I, I don't think this is going to be the worst rotation ever. So uh, ultimately, I think it's going to be important for you guys to block out that noise. And and then there's the, 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 the real challenge, which is the toxic portion of the fan base. I think largely lives on X, but it also calls WFAN. I think it's a portion of the fan base that has 
wrap themselves up in the Mets to a point where it has become unhealthy. And part of their anger or their, a lot of them are probably unhappy with themselves in life is they feel like it makes them feel better. They feel by going on and beating on the organization and being negative, it it levels them out. Like when you're negative and you have no expectations and everything is bad about something, there's only one way to go. It's up. So you'll never be disappointed. You'll never be hurt because they've wrapped themselves up in this team to such an unhealthy level. They've taken it to that to that point. And the media is using them for bets for clicks because those are the guys that you could get on. Remember Jerome from Manhattan? Back in the day on the fan, he used to scream and yell about the Yankees. And it was funny because, I mean, here's a guy that the Yankees are winning championships and he's screaming and yelling about how horrible they are throughout most of the season. He used to be like, you know, radio gold. Like, they want the Mets fans to be Jerome from Manhattan. And they laugh and the ho, 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 ho. Like, that's the circus, man. We're not clowns here. We don't play that here. Look, we criticize the team when they deserve to be criticized. I never came on here and said the Mets are a 100-win team. I don't think the Mets could win the division. I think they're in the muck with a lot of other teams in the National League. And they possibly could make the playoffs. And I think they're going to need some things to bounce the right way. I think they're going to need to maybe acquire some reinforcements at the deadline. They're going to eventually need to pull from their minor league system if those kids develop to get to they want to get, to get where they want to get. Not all of that is, is going to happen in the winter. And that's the other part is now teams are being judged by winning the winter, winning the regular season, being champions. It's like all these different things. And I just say to myself, like, that's just not baseball. And anybody that's sitting here criticized Cohen, I mean, you heard Kay, well, he promised a championship in five years. He never promised. He said he would like it to be and he'd be disappointed. And he probably shouldn't have said that. I remember when he said that. I remember listening to that live. I'm like, shouldn't have said that. Because it's hard to win a championship. You heard what Billy Epler said. You know, the best teams have a 17% chance to win a championship. It's not very high. You know? So, my whole thing is, Mets for Clicks is a business model. It's meant to fill time on the air. It's the fodder for uneducated talk radio hosts that really don't understand the game. I mean, let's face it. Brandon Tierney doesn't really understand how baseball works. He may have played baseball. He may think he's a baseball savant. Because he coaches little kids, you know, little kids. I've seen him, you know, he coaches kids team. Being a, a, a dad coach doesn't mean you know the sport. It means that you're dedicated to your to kids. And that's good. There's nothing wrong with that. Michael K, just because you cover the Yankees, doesn't mean you're a baseball expert. Because honestly, I've never heard him. He's not very erudite about the intricacies of the game. He's a Yankees fan that announces for the club. He's not been a journalist for a newspaper for a really long time. It's been 30 years since he was doing hardcore journalism, covering the Knicks, covering the Yankees, whatever. Used to cover the Knicks back in the day. These are not serious people. Sal Licata is the... Watch Licata on Baseball Night in New York and on The Fan. It's like two different people. That means you're an actor. You're not serious. And the reason I bring these guys up is because these are the guys that are, are somewhat trying to influence opinions around here. And it's not necessary. I'm not saying you listen to me only. What I'm saying is, is that there's a much more balanced view out there. I'm giving you what I think the most balanced view here of this club is. And anybody who sits here and writes to me or says on X or that this is a 65-win team, it's not. Now, a lot could go bad, and, and they certainly could be in the low 70s or mid-70s. That's the other extreme of nothing going well. Manaya doesn't work out. Severino doesn't work out. The bullpen stinks again. 
Vientos doesn't hit. Beatty doesn't hit. Beatty doesn't field. Yeah, of course, of course. That's a that's a ninety loss team. Look at last year. I kept saying if the starting pitching doesn't improve, I was on this show. This is a bad ball club. I was right. Now it started to write itself, and then they ripped it apart, and they sent the the two best starters, their anchors, their aces, their co aces, the rotation out the door. We'll see if that works out. Gilbert and Kuhn are promising, and they paid for that. So Mets for clicks, that's a thing. It's going to be in our face. It's going to listen. The toxic fan base, the Mets for clicks, makes this very unenjoyable. When Singa news came down the other day, I got to tell you, I had to get off X. I couldn't take it anymore. I just I can't take the negativity and the stupid talk. When I see Dr. Jesse Morse, how he broke down the Singa injury, why can't I get that on WFAN? It's right there for you. A really educated piece told you what a a, a capsule strain is, why he thought the timeline should be. That, that's what that's what makes it. That's real news. This yelling and screaming and clowning around—that's that's I don't know, man. That's morning show garbage. I just don't get why people and anybody who wants to live in that negative cesspool like this show's not for you. I'm never going to be that way. I'm never going to get that angry. You know, this is for Mets fans who are balanced, enjoy the game, want to learn about the game. We want to learn about and enjoy the journey together. Really, ultimately, it's about enjoying the journey together, whatever that is. That's why we have the getting to know you phase and all the other stuff, the corny stuff that we do here. And I've gotten great reviews on that. And I've gotten some criticism on that, but there won't be any Mets for clicks here. But there'll be plenty around you. And I really think when you get to the point where that's like filling up your timeline, you have to put your phone away. You have to move on and get out of it. Or maybe find a way to mute these people or just follow certain people. Like it's not healthy for you because it's going to take away your enjoyment of of the actual team and the sport. Because if it's taking my enjoyment away, it's certainly taking your enjoyment away. I know that. So that's my little rant for the day. I didn't want to start off on that. I wanted to start off more about the rotation and Lindor and some of the things going on. Look, we're going to be learning about this team. We're going to be learning about this president of baseball operations. There is so much that we can learn about this team. It's actually a fun, exciting concept. No matter what happens this season, we are going to learn about the next era of Mets baseball. If that doesn't excite you, then I'm sorry. I don't know if this sport is for you. Because how this is that this foundation is built this year, this is going to be Stearns and all these guys, they're going to be around for the next five years at least. So get used to it. Cohen's not turning the tables over this offseason if they lose 90 ball games. And Stearns is trying to put together what he saw in Houston, what he saw he put together in Milwaukee is the sustainable in sync organization from top to bottom. And it's going to be fun to see if he can get this this done. And let me tell you, I keep saying it, he's got a ton of cojones to be able to stick to his guns, not go out there and try to win a headline to shut people up, and just go along his business in the face of severe criticism from the local and national media and the fans. And I think it will hurt them at the gate. Tickets are expensive. Things are not great economically. I've said that. And I think there's going to be some rough attendance figures early on. If they win... It'll get better. Let's put it that way. They make the playoffs, the fans will be there. 
Whether or not they're there with their novenas or they're actually there to cheer for a team, that's another story for another day. We'll talk about that when it's appropriate. All right, let's uh, wrap up with one final thing. So we do like fun, little goofy things here at the Talking Mets podcast. And one of those things is giving out awards. And the player of the year, we did that kind of like the Time Magazine person of the year, person of the year for, you know, Mets baseball. Uh, we're going to do another award. And I'm stealing this from my old NYBD days. And you're going to hear if you are, it doesn't have to be just for the paid subscribers. This is going to be for everyone. It's my gift to kick off spring training. But tomorrow at about 8 o'clock in the morning, this is on a Monday, you're going to see that we're going to announce, and we're announcing it here, but you'll see it on the, the newsletter, the Darren Reed Spring Training Award. And if you guys are fans of the Mets, you remember Darren Reed is a 4A outfielder, had a cup of coffee with the Mets, used to hit the crazy amount of home runs in spring training, used to dominate spring training every year, never made the club. Darren was actually on my 1240 AM WGBB show back in 2012 because I had named the Darren Reed Award during spring training. And as he was scrolling through the internet, he came across this and he was like, wow, you know, and he reached out to me and we talked and I was like, all right, you know, this is pretty cool. And we got him on the show and we talked about his career, his experience trying to make the ball club and all that other stuff. So we are naming the award for the player. Now, what is the Darren Reed Spring Training Award? That's an award for a player that does really well in spring training, probably the most dominant spring training, but doesn't make the club. And that's who's going to win the Darren Reed Award. So you could have a great spring training like Lindor, but you're going north of the club. You're not eligible. But if you're like Trace Thompson or who else could I do? Joey Lucchese doesn't make it, but like pitches lights out. We'll give them the Darren Reed Award. So, and you'll get to hear that from the vault interview from 1240 AM WGBB tomorrow. Free for everybody, whether you're a subscriber or not. I have a great promotion for spring training. If you want to sign up for a year to get the, you know, the newsletter and the paid content, which I really think is worth it. There's a little bit of a special promo going on and away you go. So, um, that's my little announcement about an award. Stay tuned for more. Hope you enjoyed this first grapefruit roundup. The Talking Mets, we're now in the grapefruit roundup phase. We're not in the hot stove phase. There's still guys out there. Maybe we're talking about a Jordan Montgomery signing. Who knows? Um, but right now, you know, we're we're in looking at this team, learning about this team, seeing who's going to go north. We're firmly in a getting to know the team phase. And I think we're going to be in this phase for quite a bit. We may be in this phase all year. So we'll see. All right, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to the latest edition of the Talking Mets podcast. You can check me out all the time at thetalkingmetspodcast.com. You can get me on X at Talking Mets No G and on your favorite podcasting service, Apple, Spotify, whatever you desire. If you want to interact with me, Mike Silva at talkingmetspodcast.com. No G, Mike Silva at talkingmetspodcast.com. You can get me at the newsletter, substack.com slash at talkingmetsnog. And of course, I want to thank the good folks on the Fan Sided Podcasting Network for supporting this show. I'm your host, Mike Silva. Enjoy the rest of your week. We'll be back with another Grapefruit Roundup next week. Till then, take care, everybody.
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.